Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome back to the Agent Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. We've got a special guest out of Orlando, Florida, Todd Schroth. Todd, how's it going? Doing great, doing great. Thank you. The, the wonderful uh, market of Orlando. I will be there in two weeks. I'm headed to Disney with uh, my family of six. So. Awesome. I'll have fun. The crowd should be died down by then. Thank God. Yeah, I, I hope so. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. My my third time back, you know, one obviously one of the things that keeps Orlando in business. So um yep. I'm I'm excited to kind of get you on the show, kind of talk a little bit about your story. Um, can you give us like a little bit of background? Like when did you get into real estate? Why did you get into real estate? All that good stuff. For sure. I'm I'm a second generation real estate agent. Um, you know, I had um my parents, my mom's now 50-something years as a licensed realtor, did a lot of investing, watching them do it growing up and helping them do the tear-outs and stuff. So I actually enjoy buying properties now to let my kids do the same thing. Like, guys, if you're pissed off at me, grab a hammer, let's go destroy some drywall. <laughs> um, you know, it's all good stuff. We have a renovation going on right now, which is why I was a little bit later, too, because we're checking on the job and dealing with electricians who are behind on, on things. Um, but, no, so that's, that's my little background. I've been... I started buying real estate right out of high school at 19 years old or 18 and um, just I had a buddy that was doing it. I said, what are you doing? And I never planned on even getting into this business. Um, I was going to college or something else and ended up uh, dropping out of school out of college because of the real estate. We were doing too well with it. Yep. And what year was that? So that was 1996. No, 1995. 95. So that was like right when every, everything was coming out of the recession, right? Correct. Correct. So we were buying stuff for 30,000 that was worth 70. And, you know, that was back when stuff was really affordable, but we were paying 18% on the interest rates. Yep. Yeah, no, totally different market back then. So now did you, did you finish college or did you say like, things are going so well, like I'm just doing real estate and that's it? I I didn't, I started to go back to college and then I just, you know, it was too much. We were too busy. And, yeah. you know, 19 years old, you know, flipping eight houses in one year, making over a hundred grand doing that. It was like, what's the idea? I wish I would have finished for the fact of getting the business education side of things. Yeah. But, um, you know, 47 now. So there's obviously no point in doing that. We're learning from, we're learning street smarts at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you, were you were focused on flipping in the beginning? Like, what were you, what were you focused on? Was it like buying them to keep buying them to flip like everything? It didn't matter. So we were doing everything. So the private money we had, our goal was to get them, fix them up, and then refinance the private money out, recycle the private money to buy more stuff, and then keeping, you know, probably three quarters of what we had as rentals, um, and then flipping the rest. And yeah. because looking at the long-term wealth side of it. Now, you know, five years later, the market was taking a big, crazy crash. So we we ended up unloading everything, which I would wish I would have not done that because we'd sit on, you know, a lot of equity or a lot of cash flow at this point in life, or we would have recycled it into something else. But our goal was to, you know, between flipping and renting and managing for other investors we flipped to. So talk about like, because we're in a market right now where asset prices are super high. 
And people are worried about like, hey, what if prices go down, whatever. So you accumulated some rental properties um, as the prices started to drop. Now, you talked about the fact that you wish you held them. Could you have held them? And like, what would the strategies have been for you to be able to keep them through that down market? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for us to be able to keep them was to have that secondary, you know, when that was my primary business at the time, I had two businesses running. One was a telemarketing company that we started and the other one was doing the flipping. Um, when I got burnt out from doing, just doing a massive amount of flips, cause we did, we were doing a couple hundred a year and it was just me and a business partner managing everything. We were in our early twenties. So we had nothing else to do except for that, but, um, getting over leveraged. So to make sure you do it right, buy the properties right, buy them in the right areas. And, you know, because area matters. I mean, that's gonna be the quality of tenant, the, the turnover, the damage to the properties, all that stuff. Um, we bought in an area where there was a lot of rentals that we turned into. I think we had 80 units in that one spot, like literally within a five block area. We were just buying these duplexes from these old guys that had built them back in the 70s. And that was, an, it was all section eight. If one person didn't um, it damaged something that we were refusing to fix because it was their boyfriend broke it, uh, you know, we would have they would hold up the entire rent of all the units. And mm -hmm. so you're talking three hundred dollar repair on a 350 rental. So that was what was killing us. You know, we kind of we got over leveraged in that area. I think it was part of it. Um, but buy right and buy in the right areas is the biggest thing I can tell everyone to focus on. You know, if you do Section 8, make sure you focus on Section 8 type properties, but find the right Section 8 tenants. And yeah. or, you know, if you're going to the white collar, make sure you buy them with the cash flow correctly. Yeah. It's funny that that's the piece of advice that you gave because I'm going through that myself. So when I started out maybe 15 years ago, we bought a bunch of rentals and we ended up unloading them because they were just too difficult to manage. They yep. look really good on paper. But the problem is, like you just mentioned, it's like <laughs> all of these costs that you don't think about, like like you said, the repairs. Well, the repairs are higher in those areas, but like on, yes. on, on paper, you don't put that the repairs are higher. You put the repairs are the same as everywhere else. And um, so what we ended up doing and we're going through, and I'm just mentioning my stuff because this is what we're doing now. We sold a bunch of it. Luckily the asset prices are still up and now we're buying bigger buildings in nicer areas. Yeah. And so we want to have a quality of tenant. Like I've got four kids. My partner um, has two kids and we want to have, uh, rentals where we can say, okay, if our kids took these buildings over, we'd be happy for them to kind of take them over. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that, that's my story. So back to your story. Um, so you did that, the market kind of, you know, took it, took it downturn uh, throughout this period as you're flipping, you're keeping on, keeping on some rentals. Were you licensed at any point that, or were you just investing? No, I was not licensed at all. Um, so when I got when I got to the point where my mom's like, you're going to be 50 before you're 30. Cause I was just, that's all I was doing. I stressed out too much stuff going on, you know, do just picking too much stuff up because the inventory game was great. Then, you know, you could buy stuff 50 cents on the dollar. It's not like it is today. And that's through the MLS. That's not even through like wholesalers. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, um, when it got to, when I got 25, I'm like, you know, and I had a telemarketing company as well that I was running. And so I ended up shutting that down because it was just, again, too much, too many things going on. Let me just back in. I want to get back into real estate. So I said, let me get my license. First thing the guy says in the real estate class, who's an investor? A couple of us raise our hands. You guys, you guys need to get out of here. You don't want your license if you're going to invest. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to do sales. So 
we stayed in the class. We graduated, you know, we, we graduated the four-week program and, and started selling. And here I am 21, 21 years later. Now, what, why did they say that, do you think, out of curiosity? Liability, because I, as an, as an unlicensed person, I could say the demographic. I could say a lot of things and not get in trouble and deal with the ethics complaints. But yeah. as a licensed person, you have to be careful what you do. Mm-hmm. So at that point, when you decided to get your license, were you thinking that you were going to build like a successful sales career or were you just kind of like, oh, I'm going to add, you know, some sales here and there? What, what was your plan at that point? So my plan at that point was to get strictly into sales. And I, my old business partner opened up a, fran- a home investors franchise. And so that became my next clientele was the investors, be the realtor for the investors. Mm-hmm. And did that for the first couple of years, which is great. And then we obviously built our business and, you know, we spent more money on marketing and, you know, and just kept going. Yeah, we, we hear that a lot on this show that, you know, people get their license and they end up servicing real estate investors and building entire client base from that. Um, what type of investors were you working with? Was it fix and flip? Was it buy and hold? Was it both? And then how were you attracting them? So I was doing those basically through like the investor associations, like Orlando has CFRI, which is Central Florida Real Estate Investors Network. And so um, I'm going to there to keep my name in the, in the pot. You know, I'm, I'm also doing some commission programs for the investors because I want to see the continuous from them. Yeah, you know, one investor I was doing 30 listings a year for. When and you say when you say commission programs, you're saying doing them for a little bit less money. Correct, correct. So average buyer, I'm making three percent. I'm taking one point five percent on the listing side, um, and then not doing the full blown like hey, I'm going to do open houses every weekend and do all that stuff. But hey, guys, we'll get an MLS, we'll get all the photos shot, we'll get everything rolling for you, um, and get this thing run contract to close, manage it so you don't have to, and but you also give the discount because of the volume that they're giving you. Yep. So, I mean, I'm still today a 6% listing commission. Um, so we're, we take a discount here and there, but it's just because of repeat business or because we want that business. But otherwise we're going in at six on everything. Or if you want to talk on commissions on stuff, but um, you know, when the investors are a repeat client, we're trying to give them a little bit better deal and we know they've got their money they want to make in the back. And I appreciate the continuous business we got from them. Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. So at that point, once you started to like service investors and stuff like that, were you doing any investing yourself or did you kind of just like shut down the investing part? I shut down the investing investing part to get the real estate business rolling and did that for five years. 2005, we started buying some properties again. What happened? 2008 hit. Um, so we, we sold some of the investments we had. Luckily, we were able to cash out. We had a couple that were left over. We short sold. Fast forward a couple of years, got back into the investing side and we're not doing it as like heavy volume of flips. We'll do one to two a year. Um, but you know, buy them to keep them to rent. Um, you know, why not? Because we have first dibs at the inventory. I bought my own listings as rentals, you know, because we see some future on the other side of it. Yeah. And so what's the strategy now for you? You're saying, are you still accumulating those buy and hold properties and you're selling at the same time? We are. So my, I'm running a real estate team now. So I've got you know 12 agents that work underneath me. I've got a stack of admin and it's just another part of the pipeline to find the wholesale properties or part of you know, if the listings, they don't get what they want, but we're, they're willing to take the cash off or we'll throw in there and, and potentially buy it as an investor, not to flip it, but to hold it and rent it out. 
Um, so our goal right now, if we, because and and the problem right now is I'm not able to buy stuff cheap enough to be able to flip it and actually yep. put the quality work into it and make the money we want to on the back end. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I make more money selling houses on one deal than I would on on a house that I'd flip because you think about the mortgage, the repairs, and, and the overruns. And I'd rather just go sell a three or four hundred thousand dollar house, make ten or twelve grand. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting market that we're in. Like all of the like we do like about one hundred and fifty flips a year, and all of our stuff is off market. Like we don't even look on market. We have a complete like marketing funnel where mailing TV. Um, you know, pay-per-click, all that kind of good stuff. So we won't even look on MLS anymore. I don't even know if you can make that commission, that 10 or 12 grand, if you're buying on MLS anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. You've got to have the outside platforms coming through because there's not, um, you know, there, there's not enough equity in the properties right now because, you know, I could go stick it on the MLS and it could be a dump and people are going to pay full price for it. And right. it's just not a flip property. And the stuff that I see being flipped they're doing such shoddy work on it that I wouldn't be embarrassed to bring a buyer in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. I mean, you know, you've gone through a couple different market cycles, changed gears with your strategy with the, with the market. So with, with, with that being said, like, what's your focus now? And like, what are you trying to do kind of moving forward? So our goal, you know, keep the rental base. I don't want to be a landlord with hundred rentals, but you know, keep 10 to 20 rentals at a time. And, and if we, want to sell an upgrade like you're talking about to bigger properties, you know, get into the storage facilities, get into small apartment buildings, uh, things along that line. And then um, if we see other stuff, potentially push it off to our, our agents on our team and or other, you know, uh, buyers that we have in our database that are long-term investors, bring it over to them. Now for your real estate team, do you bring them in teaching them how to work with investors or are they just kind of like more traditional um, type of agents? They're more the traditional type of agent, but on that side, I would still bring them in. You know, the guys that talk about wanting to get involved in investing, I bring them in and try and teach them as much as possible. And because I, they're, they're the ones coming to me about it. So I want to make sure we're bringing the wealth back to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. So obviously you've done a ton of stuff in your career with investing. I mean, you started... I mean, earlier than pretty much almost anybody that <laughs> I've had on this show. And, you know, what? one of the biggest things that a lot of us deal with, myself included, is like knowing that you should invest, wanting to invest, but kind of not jumping in. Obviously, yeah. you didn't have that problem. But what, what piece of advice would you give to an agent that knows that they want to invest but hasn't yet? You know, it's, it's like buying your first home. Just take the leap. And, you know, every first-time buyer is nervous. You know, get go to... Find a local investors network in your market. Go to it. Learn from other investors. Um, if you see a book from somebody about a property that they're trying to flip, do your own research because that book's to make it look pretty. You know, the numbers, you want to make sure you do your own research to run values and then run your own construction analysis, especially right now because everything is, you know, we we just bought a second house up, in, up at the beach and we're 20% over budget on everything because of the market and the inflation on all of the commercial power of the construction products. So make sure you budget that stuff in and, you know, find private money because that's going to be the biggest thing is access to cash. And, you know, the guys that will fund you, you know, one, two, three deals and not say, I need you cashed out in 60 days. Mm -hmm. So how did you find lenders throughout the years? Um, through the investors network. My, my buddy that I was, uh, my business partner from high school that we started, he had a connection going in 
And then as we were buying more, we needed to find more connections. So we went to the local investors network and find the guys that are out there. A lot of attorneys will put their money into a pool and have somebody manage it for them. Um, you'll have some doctors that'll do the same thing. And you'll just find those guys at the, um, at the investors networks that are kind of like mortgage lenders, private mortgage lenders for these guys. They'll charge a couple points up front and then put the money out there for them. And so with, with all of that being said, like, again, you've done so much different things. Like what's the, what's the biggest mistake that you made with investing that you would want somebody that's listening to this to learn from and not repeat? So the biggest mistake that I think I made was getting over, getting over my head, but also I could have repivoted and managed some of the assets I bought early in my career. And especially like in 2000, when we unloaded everything and I'm watching stuff that I sold for 40, 50 grand, two years later, sold for 150 because the market was taken off. Um, you know, have the, have the cash backed up in your account. So if you do have to have a pivot on something, you've got some financial, you know, backing on there. Um, that's the biggest thing is having the cash on hand. Yeah, I, I think that's like one of, you know, I always ask that question. One of the biggest mistakes that people always talk about is just not holding on to more. Yeah, um, I think we all kind of fall victim to that, that like, you know, we just say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to sell some stuff. And then, um, you know, you always end up better off if you just kind of like held on to it almost no matter yep. what. Yep, exactly. Um, so um, where do you want to go with your team? You've got, you said 12 people. Do you want to have like one of the, I mean, you've already got a big team, but do you want to have one of these like massive teams? Do you want to see <laughs> kind of how it is? Like what's your strategy for that? So our real estate side, I've got 12 agents on the team now. I, I never planned on having 12 agents before. Um, three years ago when we made a, a brokerage move, it allowed us to expand our team financially better. And was no, I was only a one or two person agent team with one or two admin. And now I've got seven admin and 12 people on the team. And we've got, we're trying to grow to about 20 to 25 agents in the Orlando market, but also expand to Daytona, uh, Volusia, you know, Daytona, Brevard, and um, Tampa. So we want to ex actually ex like make a little semi, you know, semi teams outside of our team. But locally, we want to have about 25 agents. And I've actually got a couple onboarding right now. So we'll be 15 to 16 probably by the end of the month. And what are your agents focused on as a sphere of influences? Like what, I guess, what is your model? So our, our model is, is, you know, our goal is to get them to, to focus on sphere of influence because that's where they're going to make the most money because the clients know, like, and trust them. But also we've got a huge funnel of lead generation bringing deals into them. So if they can convert, they're going to close a lot more opportunities because we've got Zillow Flex, Google, pay-per-click, Google LSA, uh, Google My Business. We've got a, a bunch of Facebook marketing going on and then a bunch of little funnels that are out there like YouTube bringing you know, opportunities in. And where do you see you know, the market going? Because another... Another thing that a lot of people talk about is like, I don't want to get, you know, into real estate investing now. Prices are so high. Obviously, you, you've you gone through it, you know, a little bit. Like, where do you, I, I know it's a crystal ball type of question, but like, where do you think things are going to go in the next few years? Well, it's funny because I was going to say, let me grab my crystal ball real quick and I can answer that question. Yeah. Um, no, like everything, we don't expect the market to go down like it was in 2008 because there's too much cash in it. Um, you know, but I, I do see the market settling. And if I was to buy properties, you know, find them, don't buy them in MLS because they're, you're paying too much money for them. I see investors doing this unless you're looking, again, it depends on your model of investing. If you're buying for long-term and you want to look at the ROI on it, then you can base it off that, off what the rent is to what's there. Um, but buy stuff, if you can find it either like courthouse or 
through the mailing campaigns like you've talked about or other opportunities, that's where you're going to find your, your, your deals. You want to buy at least 10% below what the full market is right now. Awesome. All right. So last question, and this is a yep. personal question. So I got four kids. I want them to someday get involved in the real estate industry. What, what would you do if you were me? Obviously, you grew up in a real estate family to, to encourage it without being at the same time to, to pushing it. <laughs> so I, I bought a, uh, just let's go back 10 years um, in my neighborhood. I'm, I'm actually, I, I run a farm in my neighborhood because we have 10 to 20, 30% market share, depending on you know, the time of year and stuff. And there was two old folks that had, had run the neighborhood for about 20 years. And they built the business by biking. Everybody still today knows them. They've been retired 10 years and they're in their probably late seventies. And so everyone thought I was their kid. Their kids wanted nothing to do with real estate. They have three boys. And you know what I would wanna do, and I tell the kids, guys, look, when, when I retire from this business in 10 years, for example, you'll be 25, you'll be primed to come in here and take over. And they're like, I don't wanna do real estate. I don't wanna do real estate. So we're trying to make it fun for them and get them motivated about it and realize and, and show them that there's an unlimited income that can be made in the real estate industry. You want to be, you know, whatever you want to do, there's, there's caps on a lot of careers, but this is something that you can walk into a business and you can have so much fun and look at the lifestyle that has provided me growing up to the lifestyle that I'm, I'm providing you guys growing up. Yeah. So yeah. try and sell it that way versus like, Hey guys, let's go, you know, sling a bunch of houses. <laughs> um, but I, I tell you, our, my my face is on everything, and um, I'm up at our house uh, with my nephew and two of his friends. And uh, one of the kids, he, I get introduced to one of his friends. And he goes, "Oh, I've seen your sign in our neighborhood. I didn't realize you're his uncle. That's so cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that, that that doesn't hurt, right? No, it doesn't. And trust me, we've got branding all over our area. I mean, we're on the high school football, baseball. We're on uh, every magazine that we can put in around here. Every spot we can throw some marketing, we're doing it. And so it's brand recognition and the kids kind of hate that too. Cause like, you know, everybody I'm like, it's just 20 years of living here. You know, it happens. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So for our listeners that, you know, want to learn more about your story or reach out to you or potentially buy in the Orlando market, cause that's such a great market to buy in. What's the best way that people can find out more about you or potentially reach out to you? So I'm on every bit of social media. I will respond to every message. Um, it's Todd Schroth is what it's listed as. It's S-C-H-R-O-T-H is my last name. You can call my personal cell phone. It's 407-247-4184 or go on our website, keepitorlandomoving.com and you know, click on contact us and it'll shoot me an email as well. All right, Todd. Well, I want to thank you. I know you're super busy for sharing yep. uh, with, our, with our listeners. Um, so I That's appreciate awesome. you taking the time. Yep, appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll be back next week with another episode of Agent Investor. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.